I'm honored to be with you. Good news for you is that I do have a boot on, so that may help me preach a little shorter. Amen. It's like, you know, I'm like half the man that I normally am on one leg. Amen. So that may be good news for you, but but it's bad news for the devil. I'm still going to preach like I always preach, all right? I didn't didn't ask for this information that I'm fixing to share with you, but while I sat over there on the front row, I felt like I felt the Lord reveal to me what He wants to do and what He's about to do and what it's fixing to come to pass. And I, I felt like the Lord revealed to me that He is opening up a door for people to come into the church. Now, we can... We could just say, yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah, but I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't asking for this. But, but I, I know that the Holy Ghost revealed to me that there is a door that has been shut that has hindered people from finding this place, from connecting with you to come into this place. The devil has hindered relationships and connections, Bible studies and things you can connect with people to bring them here. But the Holy Ghost is opening up that door of evangelism. And there's an opening. I'm going to speak it. And I know sometimes for God to do it, somebody has to say it, okay? So I'm just going to tell you what I know. Amen. Revelations 3 and verse number 8 says this. This is not my subject tonight. This is just me sharing with you. I know thy works. Behold, this is the church of Philadelphia. This is what he says. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. An open door. Then he says, And no man can shut it. Here's where it's applicable to this church. Here's where some of you feel like you are. Here's where someone says, well, that's the place of of my location right now. For he says this. He says, not only have I set before you an open door, and then it's like he he don't want to justify where you're at, but he, he does want you to know, for thou hast little strength. As almost if to say, your little strength's not going to stop me from setting before you an open door. I knew you didn't have much strength before I ever opened the door. And now I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. He says, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. (laughs) There's a door in the spirit world. It's going to open in a few days. There's going to be a noticeable difference of the response of you talking to people. You ain't got to shout. You ain't got to clap. You ain't got to do nothing. If you don't even want to receive it, you don't have to receive it. But I'm after just a few of you that maybe lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm believing and agreeing that that word's going to come to pass in me and through me. Would you lift your voice and begin to ask the Lord to open your eyes to see the open door that he's going to set before you 
in a few days. A door of evangelism, a door of connection, a door of relationships. Do it, I pray, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Accomplish it, Lord, that you would be exalted and lifted up in this house. I give you praise and worship and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Somebody say praise God. Amen. I don't care how long it's been shut. God said there's a door that's going to be open. I bind every lie of hell that says the revival is over. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I bind every lie of the enemy that says it won't be in your family. It won't be with your coworker. It won't be with your neighbor. I bind the lie of hell that says the door's been shut. No, it's not. There's a door that God is going to put before you that's an open. Oh, somebody say, yeah. Remember when the children of Israel were leaving out of Egypt, out of bondage, on their way to the promised land? Do you remember how that they were sick and tired of the taskmasters? They were fed up from all of the nonsense and the chaos and the, the, uh, the words, how they were treated, what they had to endure simply because they were God's people. They were multiplying. They were growing. They were developing into a large, strong nation. It's as if Pharaoh was content when they were just a small people. He was content when they were just someone that, that was just doing the work and they were just the blessed people and just the favor of the Lord. But when multiplication started coming and the people of God started growing and multiplying, it's going to be a little unorthodox tonight, but we're just going to walk in the Holy Ghost, all right? And when the people of God started growing, things started happening good and they started putting restrictions on them and, and they started taking away the straw and, and taking away the necessary commodities or ingredients of what they needed to do their job effectively. What they normally would do with ease now was difficult. They were in a strange land, not a land that was necessarily for them. But God was teaching the people of God to hate bondage to hate living under the heavy taskmasters, masters of the enemy. There has to come a point in time in each and every life of every hearer in this room that you get to a place where you are tired of living under the captivity and the auspices of the enemy. Something has to change in your psyche. In 
the way that you think and the way that you operate can I tell you you must no longer be in a bondage mentality and a poverty mindset of just barely getting pie that was Egypt that was bondage let me arise to the sacred desk on this first night of this revival and tell you there's something bigger for you there's something better for you my God, I wish I could run the aisles right now. The best days are not behind you. The best days are ahead of you. The promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. I had no intentions of preaching what I'm preaching right now, but we're just going to walk in this, all right? So there has to get a point in time. Will you get tired of the dictatorship? of the enemy, of the addiction, of the incarceration, of being miserable, not having peace in your soul, not having hope down in the depths of your soul. There must become a point in time where you are fed up with doing it your way. There has to come a point in time, a crossroads, if you will, that you said, I'm going to quit allowing the devil to whoop on me and to beat on me and to tear me down. There has to come a point in time where you bow up and say, Hey, devil, I'm coming out of where I've been. I'm leaving this bondage behind. Somebody needs to start chucking the deuces at the devil and say, hey, you thought you had me, but I'm going to the promised land. I'm coming out of sin. I'm coming out of bondage. Come on, I'm going to lay the marijuana down. I'm going to lay the alcohol down. I'm going to lay the addiction down. I'm laying, the, I'm laying the pornography down. I'm laying my past down. Yeah, I'm turning my back on the darkness, and I'm heading towards the light. I'm leaving the place of bondage so I can go to the place of deliverance, of peace, of joy, of strength. So the devil thinks that he's got you locked in. He's got you shut in. He feels like you can't find the exit to your problem. He's got you in a position where you are thoroughly convinced well, I made the mess, so I'm going to have to live in the mess. Can I tell you, although you will reap what you sow, can I tell you there's this thing called mercy where the mercy of God steps in. And he gives you something that you don't deserve. He gives you forgiveness. He gives you deliverance. He gives you healing. He gives you hope. He gives you strength. He gives you mercy. Preacher, you don't get it. I've made so many mistakes. If people knew how big my mistakes were, they wouldn't even give me the time of day. They wouldn't shake my hand. They wouldn't give me a high five. They wouldn't even say hi or give me a taco or a burrito to eat. If they only knew where I've been and what I've done. If they only seen what the taskmasters did to me. If they... 
if they only see how the enemy treated me, if they only knew my scars, only knew my hurts, only knew my frailties, they wouldn't even give me the time of day. Can I tell you something? Your mistakes are a candidate for you to be touched by God. Your failures are a setup for God's miraculous power to come in your life. Oh, somebody lift your hands and give him praise. revelation for somebody if God wants to deliver you out of something he's going to make a way for you to get out he'll send you a preacher he'll send you a Moses to look Pharaoh in the face and say let God's people go can I tell you you know what God you know why God got a Moses and God put words in his mouth because he heard the cry and the affliction of God's people they were saying I'm tired of being here I'm tired of being in this bondage they were under the rule of the enemy of the day can I Your bondage will not hinder your voice from getting to where Jesus is. Your mistakes will not hinder your voice. Can I tell you, God is not intimidated by your failures. He's not intimidated by your mistakes. Hey, I don't care what you've done. The grace and the mercy of God can step in your life. Let my people go. Let my people go. And I don't care how many times the devil says no. The voice of God and the power of God will always bypass. It'll always override. It'll always overcome. Can I tell you, however many no's the devil has, God's got one more yes. However many times the devil says it's not possible. I feel like preaching up in here. However many times the devil said you couldn't get better is how many times God's saying, I'll make you better. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll turn your life around. Well, I, well I've, you know, I've, I've told my addiction to take a hike and I'm still struggling. I've, I, I've spoke to the mountain. I've commanded to be cast in the sea, but yet the mountain's still before me. I thank God what Jesus said when he said there's a mountain before you. You can speak to the mountain and you can speak to it to be cast in the sea. But I don't find one place in the Bible where a man ever spoke to a mountain and the mountain got put. It doesn't mean you don't have the ability by faith to speak to it, to move it out of the way. But sir, if it will not move, climb it. If you will not move... 
Come on, I'm trying my best tonight. If the mountain that you're facing, uh, it's unsurmountable, it's overwhelming, it's beyond comprehension, it's too tall, it's too steep, it's too dark, it's too cold, then you start trekking, you start walking and saying, God, if the mountain won't move, I'm climbing the mountain. If the mountain won't move, This wasn't in my notes. I don't have any. I'm just trying to obey the Holy Ghost right now. But the people of God, when God did allow and give them the exit plan to get out of Egypt, they get, they get on their way and they find themselves at the Red Sea. The Bible says there was a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other. And the Israelites, the people of God, they looked back and they saw Pharaoh's army coming after them. Isn't it amazing when you're in bondage, the devil's not on your track. He's just whipping you into shape and you're just in that monotonous cycle of living in sin and bondage. But as soon as you make an inward change of heart and an outward change of direction as soon as you repent of your sins and tell the devil bye bye and sin bye bye and mistakes adios and when you turn your back it's like all hell comes against you everything smooth but you start getting used by God. You start an anointing gets on you. You start ministering. You start reaching the lost. You start praying and fasting and getting in the word and reaching people. And it's like all hell comes loose. You know what that is? It's a compliment. You're doing something right. So climb the mountain. I wish somebody helped me preach right now. Climb the mountain. When you don't win, all else fails. Keep on doing whatsoever your hand find it to do. Do it with all your might. But preacher, I'm just limping along. Yeah, me too, but we're going to climb the mountain. We may not know. We may feel like, and the Bible says, the Bible said that, that the Pharaoh's army said, we got them shut in. They are shut in. They can't move. They can't go anywhere. There's no place to go. There's no place to turn. The enemy is on their heels. It's on their track. The Red Sea's in front of them. You can't go to the left, the mountain's too big, and you can't go to the right. And old Moses, in that overwhelming, in that moment, he's the, the meekest man of the earth. He just gave the great big word, let God's people go. But can I tell you, when you feel like you're shut in, if you'll just obey what God said do, I know this is elementary. Pastor will preach in a couple weeks and he can move it up a notch. But just getting the one-legged evangelist here tonight. You may feel like you're in a place where you can't get out of. Nothing seems to fix it. Nothing seems to turn it around. But when Moses, you know what, you know what Moses said? This is what Moses says. Hey, let's just stand still and let's just see the salvation of God. 
I don't know what to do. I got a Red Sea. All them crazy Pharaoh's army. He's going to come wipe us out. The people are scared to death. Let's just stand still and see the salvation of God. The problem with that is that's not what God said. See, when you want out of something that you can't get out of, obedience is always the key. You're not going to get out of where you are unless the man of God tells you you can get out and here's how you get out. It's going to cost you something. But whatever price you got to pay, whatever obedience you got to do, it's worth it all to get out of where you are. So finally, he says, hey, hey, Moses, Moses, what's in your hand? Rod of authority. Why don't you use it, Doc? Why don't you use your authority? You got it, but you got to exercise it. And God tells Moses, he said, you tell my people that they go forward. Oh. I just said stand still. No, 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 that's not what I said. I said tell him to go forward. And when he lifted up that rod of authority over that Red Sea, those waters parted, the wind blew and dried up the riverbed and created walls. And the children of Israel, they walked. See, you thought you thought you were stuck. You're never too stuck that God can't get you out of it. You Man, I wish I could run in this house. I wish somebody to know in this place, if you'll just hear the word of the Lord, he'll make a way. There, there is an exit plan. There is an exit plan for you. Well, my wife will be here next week with me. She'll line me out. But tonight, you're just getting, you're just getting this, all right? Well, preacher, you... You don't understand my past. If you only knew my past. <laughs> Ain't nobody in this place that's perfect. Come on. There ain't nobody in this house that's perfect. But he's forgiven me. He's healed me. He's touched me. Yes, he has. You, you haven't made too many mistakes. You're still alive. You're still here. You're still in this house. Well, my daddy don't love me. I know a daddy who does. My mama don't care about me. I know a church that will care about you. The big question is, do you want out? Do you want out of your sin? Do you want out of the enemy's control? Are you tired of living the monotonous cycle in the world? Are you ready to be free? Are you ready to be delivered? Are you ready to be set free by the power of the Holy Ghost? If you want out of bondage, there's a door that's open where you can get out of bondage. Quit letting your past regulate your future in God. Quit letting your past hold you captivity. I don't know if, if you are. You can be seated. I don't know if there's any uh, Apple fans, not like Red Apple or Granny Smith apples, but computer Apple fans. I have a, I have a, a laptop computer, and it's, it's several years old, but it works for me. And, 
And uh, I started noticing the last couple of years, it, it, it quit connecting to the Internet. I mean, it didn't matter where I was. It didn't matter what I did. I could not get my computer to connect. My wife, she's pretty savvy on computers. I'm, I'm very unsavvy. I'm, very, I'm just not a techie guy. My wife's pretty techie. She, she was going through doing all the diag stuff and trying to figure it out and try to get it to work. And I let other people look at it and, and to no avail. I mean, it just it wouldn't connect. You know, I'd need to get on my Logos Bible software, and I have to have connectivity every now and then to upload my platform to study. And it's just frustrating when you've got a great tool, a great piece of equipment, and you can't get it to function right. And so, man, I, I, I just... I just kept letting the crazy thing do what the crazy thing did. I, I didn't try to go get help. I didn't try to reach out to maybe uh, uh, what level two, level three support. I, I just, you know, it was like she couldn't fix it. They couldn't fix it. I lived with it. Then my wife kept being after me. She said, she said, won't you take that computer in and won't you figure it out why it won't connect to the Internet? I was like, okay, whatever. So I, yes, ma'am. Yeah, so I go and. Just helping the wives out, praise God. And uh, so I, I took it in. I went to Best Buy. They have this thing called the Geek Squad. Yeah, yeah, thank God for the Geek Squad, praise God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I walk in there. I call them on the phone. Hey, I need to get an appointment. You know, I'm thinking this long, drawn out. Anytime you deal with computers like that, it's like you're pulling your, what's left of your hair out, you know. And you, you're, you get an appointment. So I call, so I get an appointment. I said, okay, got an appointment, 3, 320, whatever it was. I walk in with my computer. He calls my name. I set my computer on there. I said, sir, my internet won't come on. He flips my computer around. He opens it up. He looks at it. Five seconds. Five seconds. The geek squad has the answer. And I'm thinking... He's like, here, it's connected. And he turns it around. It's already popping up, already connected. I'm like, what in the world did you do? And this is what he says. He said, your computer was dated like two years ago. He said, because it's so far dated in the past, it can't get current connectivity to the Internet. He said, all I did was make the day current. And as soon as I made the day current, he said something with the computer system, after a year, a year and a half, it gets to a point that it's so far in the past. It's so far in the past. It cannot connect currently to the one of the most powerful places you can connect to in all of the world. And it dawned on me. Some folks are just like that. They're stuck in the past of failures, mistakes, and issues and struggles that the Holy Ghost has got a great, bright future and great plans for them and hope for them. Come on, somebody. Let the Holy Ghost give you a... Let the Holy Ghost reset your day to the current night and say, today is the day of salvation. Now, now is the accepted time. I wish I had two, two good legs right now. Say, preacher, you wasn't there. 
It was on that certain date at that certain time where I just got stuck and hung up right there. And I stayed there and I kept feeding it and I kept living in that moment of something that tragically happened in my past. And all of my actions and all of my power source wasn't the problem. There was plenty of power on the computer. The keys worked great. The screen worked good. The computer looks good. The computer internally, everything was correct. It's just the date was stuck way in the past. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Let me preach to somebody tonight and tell you God's waiting on you to get to the current date. He's marked this night and this service to change your life forever. He's saying, you've been in Egypt too long. It's time for you to come out of Egypt. It's time for you to come out of bondage. It's time for you to say, you know what? I've got a bright new future and God is ready to get me to the current date and the current time because his thoughts are good towards me. His strength in my weakness, he's made strong. So he lifts up the rod. Water. There are circumstances that you're dealing with right now that God is ready to part those waters. Well, we know it's baptism. I understand that. I understand when you get buried in water in the name of Jesus Christ, it's for the remission of your sins. And if you've never went into the waters of baptism, you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Because when a man dies, physically you bury him in the ground. When you die spiritually and you ask God to forgive you of your sins, you to find you a burial place. And it's called the water of baptism. And you get the name of Jesus spoken over your life in baptism. And you get the blood of Jesus applied to your life. And it's for the remission of sins. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But Jesus shed blood for you. He was buried in a tomb. So you could be buried in water and get all your sins washed all of your past, all of your failures. That sounds good, don't it? All of your mistakes, all of your sins, all of your shortcomings can be washed away in water in the name of Jesus Christ. The waters can be parted. The waters can be parted. You're not shut in. That's what the enemy said. The enemy said, I got you shut in. I got you where I want you. <laughs> That's what you thought. Because all I need is a man with authority that will speak what God said speak. And we're going to walk through on dry ground. And God, help me. Help me. Pastor Green, I don't care what's been shut down. I don't care what's been inhibited. I, don't, I know you're in a season of revival, but if we're not careful, we'll say this is the best thing. No, there's more where this has come from. We'll, don't settle in the current. Don't get so celebrated in the current moment that you can't see. There's more coming. Don't get too excited in the moment that you say, my God, it can't get any better than this. I say to you the contrary wise, the best, the best is yet 
to come. The best is yet to come. They had never tasted what God was going to give to them when he provided manna for them. It was something new. I've never preached this before. You just got to bear with me. I'm trying to hurry. When they were hungry, ran out of food, they started complaining. But God provides for them manna. That honey-flavored wafer-type thing that God provided. What is this? The manna. They would go out and gather it every day except the day before the Sabbath they'd get twice as much. They could only get enough for the day. It was sufficient for the day. A new thing that God was doing in the people of God. Manna. The shoes didn't wear out. They didn't didn't have sickness. It was a beautiful picture of the provision and the mercy and the blessing of God. They were not in poverty. They were not in poverty-stricken mindsets. They were walking in the blessing and the provision of Almighty God. Somebody say, that is the will of God for me. God wants to bless me. The blessings of the Lord are upon me as I walk in obedience to his word. I could get about five or ten of you that would believe that. There is no telling what God will do in your family. I feel the Holy Ghost saying to me, you still see yourself back in Egypt. You need to start seeing yourself in the promised land. You see yourself being... You see yourself as being whooped on and down and depressed and anxiety and fearful. But you need to see the way God sees you. He sees you as his son. He sees you as his daughter. He sees you as a blessed person. Somebody lift your hands and give God praise right now. Come on, lift your voice and give him worship right now. Come on, bless his name right now. God, help me to see me as you see me. Help me, God, to see myself as you see me. See, some of you need a miracle right now. But if you'll start seeing yourself as he sees you, your miracle can happen right now. Some of you need God to turn something that's been so difficult. It's been such a struggle. It's been paramount. It's been huge. It's been too steep to climb. You've gotten weary and tired of just trying to get up half the mountain. And you're saying, God, surely there's a better way. And God's saying, just keep on climbing because I got something on the other side. There's something... There's something on the other side. There's something on the other side that's waiting on you. Would you lift your hands and worship the Lord right now with me? Would you do that? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
Oh, God. I, I, I see. Sir, come help me. You right there. Get, grab those Kleenexes right there for me for a minute. I just had a vision of some of you. Here's, here's what I've seen. Some of you are living life like you're walking through a minefield. You're waiting on something bad to happen. God, God wants to break some mentalities here tonight. Come on. I had no intention of preaching what I'm preaching. I was going to preach something totally different. There's some of you that are walking life and you are so you are so scared that you're out of line you're walking in fear God's hand is on your life you're anointed to do a great thing and you are walking so careful you're intimidated to even take a step just make me some landfill make me some Make me so minds are set there by the enemy to try to trip you up. There's trip wires. It detonates. All of a sudden, everything's fine. And you hear a click or a shift or something beneath your foot. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. If I move, it's going to blow up. I tell you that the minds of the enemy of your soul, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Or somebody in this house, you are stuck. You feel like you can't get anywhere. You can't get traction. Because why? You have stepped on a landmine and the devil has convinced you if you move a muscle, You're ready to move. You're ready to move in God. You're ready to do something. But that foot is planted. And you know where you need to go. And you feel the Holy Ghost pulling. And you feel the Spirit of the Lord drawing you. But you're stuck there. Because the enemy said you're shut in here. You're stuck here. You're saying, why did God bring you here? God's God have mercy. There's questions in somebody's mind. Why Austin? Why here? Of all the places... And I feel like I'm stuck. And I feel like I can't move. And I feel like there's no hope. If I move a little bit, it's all going to blow up in my face. And the reality is, the enemy in his minefield, everything's fake. Because the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. So listen, what you need to do, somebody hear me tonight. You walk through that field. You walk through with a high hand. When they come out of Egypt, the Bible says they came out with a high hand. They come out with a pep in their step. They weren't looking for trouble at first. They weren't looking for problems at first. They were walking and leaving they were leaving where God wanted them to leave and they were going where God wanted them to go and I seen some of you just a minute ago walking in a minefield oh I, I don't know if I can do that I don't know if pastor I don't know if he's gonna he's gonna join me in this journey I, I don't know if I'm able to do it and, and so you tiptoe around the tulips and, and you you go through and you you try to do ministry in the mind try to do ministry in the minds but yet every time you try you go good for a little while and then you hear something and then you feel something and it locks you up I wish I could put my hands on your forehead whoever I'm talking to but I'm talking to somebody in this house right now you do it for a little while and all of a sudden 
locks up and you say God I was making progress I was making and all of a sudden the enemy reminds you remember what happened last time how long you were at at the last mine remember how long you got stuck in that other spot and you get into a spiritual slump and you get to a low place spiritual and all of a sudden you get carnal and you do dumb things and the whole time the Holy Ghost is saying it's not going to blow up on you it's not going to detonate on you it's not going to take you out. If he could have took you out, he'd have took you out before you ever got on the minefield. If he is going to destroy you, he had already destroyed you. I've got I to be careful. i got got to be careful. i got to be careful how I navigate. Quit. Letting fear dictate your potential in God. Quit letting the spirit. He's not giving us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Lift up your heads to the hills. Lift up your heads to the hills from which cometh your help, for your help cometh from the Lord. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You keep on walking in those minefields. You keep overcoming every lie of the enemy, every tactic of the enemy, because when God's for you and God's hand is on your life, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do, sis. Come on up here with me. Come on. There's mine fields and there's places but you know what we're going to do we're going to keep on walking we may walk slow we may walk circumspectly we may be careful but as we walk on this journey there's one thing we ain't going to do we're not going to stop we're not going to stop we're going to keep on walking we're going to keep on working we're going to keep on working for God Don't succumb to the pressure of the minefield. Don't succumb to the pressure. Oh, somebody clap your hands and would you shout to God with the voice of triumph? Bible said, the Bible said, the steps of a good man. They're ordered by the Lord. Can I tell you, not only are the steps or the stops of a good man ordered, but the starts and the stops are ordered of the Lord. I'm just, I'm just walking, sis. I'm barely walking, but I'm walking. And I'm just walking. And sometimes those stops are ordered just like the starts are ordered. But I'm not going to allow the minds that are in the field. I'm not. Somebody quit looking at the carnage that you see laying atop the field. Quit looking at all the, the bloodshed and the trauma. Quit looking at all those that weren't doing it right. Quit looking at those, oh God, that weren't on the enemy's side. Quit looking at the false doctrine. Quit looking at the perversion. Quit looking at those that fell by the wayside. You need to know that you're good ground. You need to know that you're good ground. 
I'm going to help him. I'm going to step lightly. I may need a little bit of spiritual guidance along the way, but I'm going to, I'm going to work my way through. But I'm not going to stop. I'm preaching to somebody in this. I'm preaching to somebody in this house. I didn't say it was easy. I didn't say it was a bed of roses. I know it's a battle. I know it's a fight. But God is ordering and he's directing every move. God, what do you want me to do? Pastor Green, you're not perfect, neither am I. But you know what I know about you? I know you're trying your best to navigate this body through the landmine the field of Austin and, and, and this area and this city and this county in the Del Valley. I know, I know you're trying your best to navigate people's lives. And the enemy is over here lying to some of us. If pastor knew what he was doing, I wouldn't have had tragedy in my life this year. If pastor, if pastor was a better pastor, man, what could I have avoided? Can I tell you everything that comes to you, God allows. And if he didn't think you could handle it, it had never showed up on your doorstep. If he didn't think you was bad enough, if he didn't think you was powerful enough, if he didn't think you was anointed enough, it had never came to you. Job lost it all, but Job could handle it. Job went through it all, but Job endured to the end. If he didn't think you could handle it, you would have never had to face the pain or the trauma. <laughs> but I was so close to them. When the mine went off, I was so close to them when the detonation took place. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've seen what happens when life Life lands tragedy in people's lives. Somehow you got to pick yourself back. A just man falleth seven times, but he gets back up again. Rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall. Who said it? Go ahead. What was it? I shall arise. I shall arise. I shall arise. I may not be 
what I need to be just yet. But there's one thing I'm not doing. I'm not staying down. I'm moving up. I'm not staying where I am. I'm getting back up. Oh, come on, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody worship him right now. Somebody lift him up right now. Somebody give him glory. somebody you're a child of the king you're anointed by God I wish somebody stand to your feet and praise God like you want to praise him there's victory in this house there's deliverance in this house there's freedom in this house there's anointing in this Come on, grab that neighbor's hand, and I want you to pray for that person that's next to you like you want them to pray for you. There's a mass prayer meeting right now. I want you to lift your voice and begin to pray for your neighbor right now. Come on, pray one for another in this house. That's it, pray one for another. Will you stand to your feet and would you raise your hands all over the building as a sign of surrender to God? I want you to tell the Lord whatever you want to tell Him. If you need strength, you need deliverance, you need forgiveness of sin, 
I want you to ask God right now in this presence of the Lord that's here. Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sins. Some of you need to pray right now. You've tried to do it your own way. You've tried to do ministry your own way. You've tried to do it the way you wanted to do it. But God's saying, I want you to do it my way, Moses. I want you to do it my way, sir. I want you to do it my way, ma'am. I'm asking you to come out from where you've been into a place of promise and provision that I have for you. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a place of blessing that God has. I'm going to take a few moments here. I'm going to open the altars here in a moment. But I want you to take a few moments and get a hold to God. I want, listen to me just for a moment. Everybody remain standing. The gifts of the Spirit are in this house right now. God, I pray your will be done right now in this house. The will of God be accomplished right now in this moment. Mm. Speak to us now, Lord. Come on, lift your hands and receive that right now from the Lord. There needs to be a crying out right now, receiving the word of the Lord right now. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord right now.
Come on, if you want it, I want you to run to these altars. If you want it, I want you to run to the front of this church with your hands raised, with tears flowing, with your voice lifted, with your hearts open, with your hands raised. God, I want it. I want it in my family. I want it in my home. I want it in my marriage. I want it in my children. I gotta have it, God. I've got to have it, God. Come on, some of your prayer. 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 Come on, some of your prayer.